Hello and welcome to My Daily Trivia. I'm your host, Danny, and today is Monday, August 7th. I hope you had a great weekend, and I hope you're having a wonderful day today. If this is your first time listening, I want to say welcome. My Daily Trivia is a 10-round quiz show with no specific themes, topics, or categories. We do, however, have a new episode every day, Monday through Friday, with each day getting progressively harder. So, today is Monday, which means that today will be the easiest day of the week. However, as always, if you do find this episode to be maybe a little challenging, I encourage you to listen to it anyway, and of course, listen to our other episodes later this week. Even though they get harder, you never know. You might know an answer to a question, and if you don't, you might learn something. Also, if you find this episode to be a little too easy, well, tune in tomorrow. We'll make it even more of a challenge. So, without further delay, Let's get into today's round of questions with question number one. Which animal holds the record for having the longest neck among living creatures? And that animal is the giraffe. Native to the dry savanna and open woodlands of sub-Saharan Africa, giraffes not only have the longest neck, but are also the tallest animals. A giraffe's neck accounts for around one-third of its total height, averaging five to six feet long, which is roughly one and a half to 1.8 meters. There are several hypotheses regarding the evolutionary origin and the maintenance of elongation in a giraffe's neck. Charles Darwin originally suggested that the competing browsers hypothesis, which suggests that competitive pressure from small browsers encouraged the elongation of the neck as it enabled giraffes to reach food that competitors could not. Another theory, the sexual selection hypothesis, proposes the long necks evolved as a secondary sexual characteristic, giving males an advantage in necking contests in which they bash each other with their heads and necks to establish dominance and obtain access to sexually receptive females. The giraffe has intrigued various ancient and modern cultures for its peculiar appearance and has often been featured in paintings, books, and cartoons. It is classified by the International Union for Conservation of Nature as vulnerable to extinction and has been extirpated from many parts of its former range. Despite the length, a giraffe's neck is actually too short to reach the ground, and as a result, it has to awkwardly spread its front legs or kneel to reach the ground for a drink of water. I encourage you to Google it. It's quite entertaining. So, longest neck among living creatures? That goes to the giraffe. Question number two, what is the largest country in Africa by land area? The largest country in Africa is Algeria. Located in North Africa, Algeria covers an area of about 900,000 square miles, or 2.3 million square kilometers, making it the world's 10th largest nation by area and the largest nation in Africa, more than 200 times as large as the continent's smallest country, the Gambia. 
with a population of 44 million people. Algeria is the 10th most populous country in Africa and the 32nd most populous country in the world. The capital and the largest city is Algiers, located in the far north on the Mediterranean coast. Algeria's name derives from the city of Algiers, which in turn derives from the Arabic Al-Jazeera, meaning the islands. This is in reference to four small islands off of the coast. The name was given by Bulagin Ibn Ziri after he established the city on the ruins of the Phoenician city of Ecosium in 950 AD. The name was then extended over the entire country by the Ottoman Empire, and thus you get the name Algeria. Moving on to question three. What is the official language of Brazil? The official language of Brazil is Portuguese. Portuguese is the official and national language of Brazil, being widely spoken by most of the population. Brazil is the most populous Portuguese-speaking country in the world, with its lands comprising the majority of Portugal's former colonial holdings in the Americas. Brazilian Portuguese differs significantly from European Portuguese and other dialects of Portuguese-speaking countries, even though they are all mutually intelligible. Such differences occur in phonetics and lexicon, and have been compared to the differences between, say, British English and American English. As of 2023, the population of Brazil speaks or signs 238 languages, of which approximately 217 are indigenous. Moving on to question four. Who was the lead vocalist of the rock band Queen, known for his powerful voice and iconic performances? And the lead singer of Queen was Freddie Mercury. Freddie Mercury, whose original name was Farrakh Belsara, was a British singer and songwriter who achieved worldwide fame as the lead vocalist and pianist of the rock band Queen. Regarded as one of the greatest singers in the history of rock music, he was known for his flamboyant stage persona and four-octave vocal range. Mercury defied the conventions of a rock frontman with his theatrical style, influencing the artistic direction of Queen. Born in 1946 in Zanzibar to Parsi Indian parents, Mercury attended English-style boarding schools in India from the age of eight and returned to Zanzibar after secondary school. In 1964, his family fled the Zanzibar Revolution, moving to Middlesex, England. Having studied and written music for years, he formed Queen in 1970 with guitarist Brian May and drummer Roger Taylor. Mercury was later diagnosed with AIDS in 1987. He continued to record with Queen and posthumously was featured on their final album, Made in Heaven, 1995. In 1991, the day after announcing his diagnosis, he died from complications of the disease at the age of 45. Moving on to question five. What is the essential gas that humans need to breathe to survive? 
And that essential gas is oxygen. Breathing uses chemical and mechanical processes to bring oxygen to every cell of the body and to get rid of carbon dioxide. Our body needs oxygen to obtain energy to fuel all of our living processes. Carbon dioxide is a waste product of that process. The respiratory system with its conduction and respiratory zones brings air from the environment to the lungs and facilitates gas exchange both in the lungs and within the cells. Oxygen makes up around 21% of the Earth's atmosphere and around 50% of the Earth's crust, making it the most common element on Earth. Moving on to question six. What is the term used to describe a celestial body that orbits around a planet? And that term is a moon. A moon or a natural satellite is an astronomical body that orbits a planet, dwarf planet, or small solar system body. In the solar system, there are six planetary satellite systems containing 284 known moons or natural satellites altogether. A planet usually has at least around 10,000 times the mass of any moon or natural satellites that orbit it, with a correspondingly much larger diameter. The Earth-Moon system is actually a unique exception in the solar system. At 2,000 miles across, or 3,400 kilometers, the moon is 0.273 times the diameter of the Earth and about 1 80th of its mass. The most widely accepted origin for Earth's moon posits that the moon was formed 4.5 billion years ago, not long after Earth's formation, out of the debris from a giant impact between Earth and a hypothesized Mars-sized body called Thea. Uh, fun fact, the moon is actually getting further and further away. The moon started out around 10 times closer to the Earth than it is now, and it is still moving further away by about 3.78 centimeters per year. That's actually roughly the same rate at which your fingernails grow. So, the term used to describe a celestial body that orbits around a planet is a moon. Moving on to question seven. The United States bought Alaska from which country? And that country was Russia. The Alaska Purchase was the United States' acquisition of Alaska from the Russian Empire. Alaska was formally transferred to the United States on October 18, 1867, through a treaty ratified by the United States Senate. The purchase added about 500,000 square miles, or 1.5 million square kilometers, of new territory to the United States for the cost of $7.2 million in 1867. In modern terms, the cost was equivalent to $151 million in 2022, which breaks down to about $0.42 cents per acre. Reactions to the purchase in the United States were mostly positive, as many believed possession of Alaska would serve as a base to expand American trade in Asia. 
Some opponents labeled the purchase as Seward's Folly or Seward's Icebox, as they contended that the United States had acquired useless land, and Seward was the uh, was the director who was in charge of the purchase. Nearly all Russian settlers left Alaska in the aftermath of the purchase, and Alaska would remain sparsely populated until the Klondike Gold Rush began in 1896. The name Alaska was introduced in the Russian colonial period when it was used to refer to the Alaskan Peninsula. It was derived from an Aleut language idiom, which meant the mainland. So, if you have ever been to Alaska, or if you live in Alaska, or if you're just happy that the United States has Alaska, then you can thank Russia. Moving on to question eight. Who portrays Hermione Granger in the Harry Potter movie franchise? And that actress is Emma Watson. Emma Charlotte Dury Watson is an English actress, model, and activist. Known for her roles in both blockbusters and independent films, as well as her work for women's rights, she has received a selection of accolades. Watson has also been ranked among the world's highest paid actresses by Forbes and Vanity Fair and was named one of the 100 most influential people in the world by Time magazine in 2015. As a child, she rose to stardom after landing her first professional acting role as Hermione Granger in the Harry Potter film series, having previously acted only in school plays. Uh, What's very impressive is that while working, Watson was able to split her time between films and education, graduating from Brown University in May 2014. So, Hermione Granger, a.k.a. Emma Watson. Moving on to question 9. How many colors are in a rainbow? The colors of the rainbow are seven. To remember, you can always use R-O-Y-G-B-I-V, or ROYGBIV, which is an acronym for the sequence of hues commonly described as making up a rainbow. It stands for red, orange, yellow, green, blue, indigo, and violet. There are several mnemonics that can be used for remembering this color sequence, such as the name Roy G. Biv, or sentences such as, Richard of York gave battle in vain. In the Renaissance, several artists tried to establish a sequence of up to seven primary colors from which all other colors could be mixed. In line with this artistic tradition, Sir Isaac Newton divided his color circle, which he constructed to explain additive color mixing into the seven colors we use today. So, how many colors in a rainbow? Well, using Roy G. Biv, we can always remember that there are seven. Moving on to our last question of the day, question 10. Which country first used paper money? And that country was actually China. The first known banknote was first developed in China during the Tang and Song dynasties, starting in the 7th century. 
Its roots were in merchant receipts of deposit during the Tang Dynasty, as merchants and wholesalers desired to avoid the heavy bulk of copper coinage in large commercial transactions. During the Yuan Dynasty, banknotes were adopted by the Mongol Empire. In Europe, the concept of banknotes was first introduced during the 13th century by travelers such as Marco Polo, with European banknotes appearing in 1661 in Sweden. Uh, fun fact, antique paper money is actually quite a collector collector's item and a huge hobby. And the most valuable banknotes, uh, I looked it up, it's actually a $1,000 bill that was issued in 1890, and it was sold at auction for $2,255,000. So all of that started in China. Well, that concludes this round of My Daily Trivia. If you found this round to be simple, well, I encourage you to listen tomorrow. We're going to make it a little bit more difficult. If, however, you found this round to be a little bit of a challenge, I encourage you to listen anyway. As always, uh, please recommend our show to friends and family. We're always trying to grow the community here at My Daily Trivia. I want to thank you each again for listening to My Daily Trivia. I'm your host, Danny, and I will see you tomorrow. Tomorrow.